1: Welcome back to The Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. Coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, worldwide on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and our growing family of broadcast affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. My guest this hour is Robert Stanley, and uh, Robert has traveled to dozens of countries and has read hundreds of books and thousands of articles of his lifelong pursuit of modern and ancient mysteries. Over the past 30 years, Robert's quest for unique ideas and information has led him to research and write about many controversial topics. His ongoing investigations have been featured on television radio and in print and joining us this hour is Robert Stanley. And Robert, welcome to the X-Zone.
2: Thank you, Mr. McConnell, for having me.
1: Tell me, uh, what uh, what motivated you to investigate the UFO activity in Washington, D.C.?
2: Yes, that was in the spring of 2005. I received an email that was sent to me by a private investigator in Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, it contained photographs of UFOs allegedly uh, swarming over and even landing on the Capitol building, which I thought was odd. I mean, I really thought that was weird because, yeah. you know, this was years later, a few years after the fact, and I thought, man, if that really happened, I, I, I'm sure I would have heard something about it. Um, fortunately, there was contact information there on the email, so I, I actually contacted the photographer, and we're still in touch after all these years. Uh, you know, it's we are still exchanging information because this is an ongoing situation,
1: now what do you what kind of evidence do you have that okay, it, uh, that actually that, proves this really happened and it's not just made up
2: right? That's a good question um the photographs um as i said i was I received this email with some photographs mm-hmm. and and as i said i my first impression was well this this can't be real because uh well obviously photoshop being what it is sure and and I mean, how come nobody's talking about it if this really happened? So, as I said, I contacted the photographer. He said, "Look, I've got this on thirty five millimeter uh, uh, film. I've got the negatives." And I said, "Really? And I, so um, you know I did a little uh, soul searching on that, and I you know came up with the idea of uh, uh, doing uh, having it the negatives analyzed independently by a film lab there in washington, d c. And so the photographer agreed to that, and ultimately, uh, that's how it got started. I, I, I was, you know, the technician said, these these have not been tampered with he looked at them through a loop and he said if there was any tampering with these negatives it would be evident and and it's so he said this is this is all genuine he says I'm not going to say what these things are all I can say is the light sources are quite powerful and um, uh, he says I have no explanation for it you know so that's that's the way we left it but um, and then I started to investigate you know because I, I remembered something about and it actually those the first photographs were taken in July of 2000 and two, which was actually the 50-year anniversary mm-hmm. of of the major news media actually covering or reporting that there was UFO activity in the heart of Washington, D.C., on at least three occasions. Turns out as it was more like 30, but, you know, they only reported it three times. So, uh, uh, you know, and, and by the way, back in the 50s, just like in 2002, they did show up on radar, and they were chased by the military out of prohibited, restricted airspace. So, Uh, You know, we've got people on the ground seeing Mm -hmm. these things. We've got people photographing these things. We've got them showing up on radar, and and the military is chasing them.
1: All right. Stand by, Robert. You and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes. Exo Nation, Robert Stanley is our very special guest this hour. We're talking about, believe it or not, UFOs over Washington, D.C., now, here's a website uh, for Robert, www.unicusmagazine.com forward slash books dot htm. That's unicusmagazine.com forward slash books dot htm. Robert Stanley is my special guest this hour, and we'll both be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as the exome continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Uh, Robert Stanley is our special guest www.unicusmagazine.com forward slash books.htm uh, Robert the the uh, your source in Texas how did he get a hold of these uh, these uh, 35 millimeter negatives?
2: Okay, the, the man who took the, the, partic- the particular photographs that we're discussing here, his mm-hmm. name's Wilbur Allen, and he lives and works in Washington, D.C. Okay. He, he had formerly worked for ABC News for 14 years prior to taking those photographs. Right. It was completely accidental. So he wasn't getting any traction with the major media, and... and Quite honestly, most people in the UFO community were uh, uh, dismissing it as Photoshop without actually doing an investigation. Uh-huh. So, at some point, after a couple of years of being turned down by multiple agencies, mm-hmm. um, you know, it eventually got to uh, uh, somebody I know in, in Texas, and they, for- not knowing much about photography, they for- forwarded it to me and asked my opinion of the pictures. So that's how I got started in specifically, uh, you know, uh, analyzing the. Uh, the circumstances, not only the photographs, but the, the uh, context mm-hmm. into which the, the photographs were taken.
1: So here you are with the negatives now. You've had them analyzed at a, at a film lab in Washington, D.C. The person, mm-hmm. the technician says they haven't been tampered with. All right. What do you do then?
2: Yeah. I published an article that, was, uh, that came out internationally, obviously on the internet, but it also was in print through Nexus magazine, mm-hmm. because I'm friends with the editor of Nexus, so uh, we've been sharing information for years. Anyway, the photographs, some of them, were published widely, and, and <laughs> days later I was visited by a, a black military black unmarked helicopter at my home in Lo- when I was living in Los Angeles, at the time, and it would, it absolutely floored me. I, I mean, honestly, I didn't even know if those things really existed. Uh, but uh, clearly, what I saw was—you know—it was real, and it—it—it it, it didn't just pass by the house. It, hover, it was first, it was doing these low circles, literally right over the house. Then it stopped. By that time, I came—I was literally out of the house, mm-hmm. and it, had, it was hovering over my my car in the driveway, not not more than 200 feet up. And I thought, man, th- th-, I mean, it, it just. <laughs> I, I was so shocked. I didn't know what to think, honestly, but uh, fortunately I ran in the house and grabbed a, a point-and-shoot camera and came back out and got a picture of it before it left. But um, I, I'm absolutely certain that was related to the uh, uh, to the releasing those photographs.
1: Was there anything else that happened uh, that you found out of the ordinary, or was the helicopter the only event?
2: Um, well, yeah, there was... Uh, let's see. I, okay, so I, eventually... I started uh, really digging into this after – because I was curious. After I published the first article Mm -hmm. and I got visited by the helicopter, I started thinking, well, something's going on here. So I actually started investigating, and that's when I got 40, 50, 60, over 100, and then 200 reports. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. How come there can be this many reports of UF activity in Washington, D.C., and nobody's talking about it? So ultimately, I published a book about this in December, uh, or fall of 2006. And in, in December, I was on a national radio show, and right after the show, uh, the my website was hacked, and the photographs of the UFOs at the Capitol had been removed, which I thought, now, this is weird. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you could just ask me not to do it. Somebody could, if they really felt it was a, a matter of national security, they could have just said, hey, we don't want that out there. But no, they, they surreptitiously went in and hacked a. The server and even the, the technicians who owned the server said, "Man, we've never seen anything like this. We don't know. We can't fix it."
3: Hmm.
2: And I said, "Well, okay, then I got to move to a different." And it was really frustrating me to tell you the truth. Um, and it, that wasn't. And then about a year after that, um, yes, it was 2007. A year after that, two very large military helicopters came over the house. This was not one little black one. This was the double prop. Uh, version of of helicopter that i mean i wouldn't know the exact designation S- oh, all
1: the chinook uh,
2: okay if you say so i'm not that familiar with the military helicopter but i can tell you this much mm-hmm. it was it was literally shaking the entire neighborhood this wow. time it wasn't just my house you know how those things literally sh- chop the air like yeah. pop 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 mm-hmm. this but there was two of them and and they didn't just again they didn't just pass over they made this really very scary looking maneuver over my home and I thought, man, these guys are nuts. I mean, it's like, you know, you can't even, what, you can't pick up a phone? You can't talk to me? You, you, you I mean, if you really want to intimidate me, I guess mm-hmm. sending helicopters is, it, it got my attention, but ultimately I guess I'm not bright enough to just stop doing something. Um, it, in other words, it was very ambiguous, okay? You, they, they weren't exactly saying, don't do this. They were just trying to intimidate me. And, you know, ultimately, I've, I've been doing this, this is my seventh year mm-hmm. now that I've been reporting this. And honestly. Uh, I don't know how much longer I, I'm going to keep reporting on this because, you know, I, what, I, there's, not, there's not much more I possibly can say to anybody. It's, I've, I put all the information out there, all the photographs and videos and movies I've ever collected are, are on the Internet for free.
1: How long has this uh, alleged covert alien activity been going on?
2: Uh, well, the earliest report I could find was 1850. And, and uh, at that time they were calling them airships. And I believe it happened again in 1890-something. Uh, but it really didn't mm-hmm. start picking up until the 1940s, or at least I should say the reporting of these things during World War II, specifically, we're not talking Washington, D.C., that's when it started to really pick up, the numbers, the sheer volume of them. It, it absolutely went ballistic in 1950s. That, that was, It still holds the record, other than this decade right mm-hmm. now, actually, that we're in. Uh, excuse me. Oh, wait a minute. That was excuse me, the first decade, of yeah, between 2000 and 2010, it is equal to the 1950s. So I actually, I I think I published one of the charts uh, somewhere on the Internet, uh, but I I do have it in the back of my second book, Covert Encounters in Washington, D.C. I spent, God, I spent, I've lost track of how many hours I've I've invested in my life uh, doing this now. It's just like I said, at at some point it gets a little uh, monotonous, but, uh, you know, look, somebody had to do it. And nobody else is willing. Has been so far. Has been willing to take on this investigation.
1: Let me ask you this, and I don't know if you have been asked this before, but do you think there's an alien base near Washington?
2: You know, I, that's that's wow. That's a really sensitive subject. Um, yes, I do, and 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 it's not because I want to be sensational about this. Right. There are uh, based on some of the eyewitness reporting. There appears to be UFOs that literally come down and never, and they don't come back up. In other words, they come down out of wherever, mm-hmm. and they go down and they, they appear to be landing. When people go over to see where they've landed, there's nothing there. So I assume that they have gone underground. And, you know, part of the other thing, the investigation, as I conducted, you know, historically, looking at everything, I mean, I scrutinized Washington, D.C., every way you can imagine, including uh, stories, of rumors of underground tunnels that it pre-existed the building of the city, huh. as we know it. So it's, who knows? Who knows what's really down there?
1: Are are there you know like this? This is uh, I, I'm saying to myself, holy cow! Uh, I don't. Are, are, are there spacecraft or alien craft that are that you're getting reports of today that are actually landing in Washington?
2: Yes, I know that sounds hard to believe, but let's go back to what I was telling you before. Uh, one of the pictures, yeah, from July 16, 2002, taken between 11:30 uh, and one o'clock at night. Shows a craft actually landing on the roof of the Capitol building. Now, I thought that was just impossible to do because this—you got to understand—that was for, shortly after nine eleven. Yeah, and, and they clearly in, increased their security. So, one of the the groups that I did contact in Washington D.C. that was willing to talk to me at some level was the U.S. Uh, Capitol Police because, I mean, hey, it's their that's their it's
1: that's their they, jurisdiction.
2: Yeah, they should be. Yeah, they should be on top of it. Exactly. But besides, I, I didn't want to make them look bad. It's not their fault that this is going on, you know. So I wanted to get their reaction. But, you know, at first they were very, they, you know, kind of stonewalling me, giving me some uh, plausible deniability thing. I mean, they, they tried to answer my questions, but very, very, very carefully, you know. And then a few years later, they actually did a leak to me through back channels. They, they leaked to me the fact that their officers are seeing these objects. Sometimes they're, they're not saucer-shaped. Sometimes they're spherical, and they do mm-hmm. loiter around the Capitol area. They gave me two instances of these spherical objects. I'm not saying they're craft. They're probably some kind of drones, mm-hmm. remotely controlled drones, that are doing surveillance there. But, but to answer your question, point blank, yes, there, has been, there have been allegedly new, multiple landings at various times in Washington, D.C.,
1: how can all these landings be going on without major media or a, some close circuit camera picking them up and getting it worldwide attention?
2: Yeah, you know, and I'd ask the Capitol Police about that, if, they actually, if their security cameras were running all the time. And they mm-hmm. said yes, but they, you know, they weren't going to tell me anything more than that. Well, the photographer, Mr. Allen, the first thing he did, having worked for ABC News, his family actually works at the Pentagon. So he felt it was, his, it was his duty to actually take copies of these photographs and to the Capitol Police. And they actually, uh, I mean, according to him, they did take uh, a report. And they, they took copies, and they said, this actually answers some questions about what, we've, you know, what our officers are logging. Mm-hmm. But it, he'd asked them, do, do your, your closed-circuit TV, did, did you get this? And they said no. And that was a problem that something, anything, whether wherever it's from, the fact that something could land on the Capitol or anywhere near the Capitol grounds and or, not be picked or, up,
1: or that, even that was a problem. Or even enter the no-fly space.
2: The, yeah, well, it starts at the Washington Monument, which is literally just up the street from the mm-hmm. Capitol. It's all part of the National Mall. But the prohibited airspace is a circular thing. It's surrounded by restricted airspace. But anyway, it's it literally starts at the, at
3: the yeah.
2: Washington Monument. So. Yeah, they were concerned about that, and allegedly they upgraded their camera systems after that event in 2002.
1: What do these craft look like? We've got about 30 seconds, so okay. can you give me a ballpark idea what these craft look like?
2: So far, it's been every shape you can imagine. Saucers, you've got really? t- uh, cigar shapes, you've got spheres of all different sizes, by the way. And uh, sometimes they're triangular shape. That- that's something that people have reported and even photographed as well.
1: All right, stand by, Robert. You and I will be back on the other side of this news break. ExoNation Robert Stanley is our special guest this hour. UFOs over Washington, D.C. And on Washington, D.C. His website, www.unicusmagazine.com forward slash books.htm. And Robert Stanley and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. On MSN Messenger, Exxon Radio TV and Hotmail.com. And our website, TV.com. And welcome back, everyone. Robert Stanley is my special guest this hour, XO Nation. We're talking about UFOs over Washington, and uh, this is a fascinating topic. Robert's website is www.unicusmagazine.com forward slash books dot htm. Robert, here we are, what is it, 16 days away from a presidential election or 19 days? Yes. W- wouldn't one of the one of the uh, candidates love to break this kind of information, or wouldn't it? Or wouldn't, uh, for example, if uh, Governor Romney had this information, wouldn't this be able? To, wouldn't this be a dig for the present administration and something that would catapult him into the into the presidency?
2: You would think. Uh, yeah. No, actually, actually, it's not. Uh, according to John Podesta, who was part of the transition team for President Obama, mm-hmm. uh, no, his people told me in no uncertain terms that they nobody in Washington, D.C. wants to come on the record because they will be held accountable. They, and and whatever department they work for, will be held accountable for things that they have no control over, such as, we don't even know where these things are coming from, who's flying them, or what they want. Wow. And so it's it's a huge albatross. Nobody wants to come on the record, and believe me, uh, even the the Capitol Police uh, don't have control over the situation, but, you know, um, they've at least admitted to me, unofficially, that they are seeing these things uh, around the Capitol grounds.
1: In your opinion, Robert, after studying these craft and their occupants for nearly so, for over seven years now, yeah. do you believe that these craft and their occupants pose a threat to national security?
2: Some of them do. If you read the book uh, by Frank Cristino Jr. called "Shoot Them Down," mm-hmm. okay, UFO, uh, yeah, UFO saucer wars of 1952 that we were having, engaging in uh, aerial combat with UFOs, wherever they're from, whoever's in there. It appears that at that time, in 1952, uh, based on uh, eyewitness accounts, some of these things were disabled and crashed in uh, West Virginia. And um, uh, one of them actually passed over the, the Capitol that night, September 12th, 1952. Um, th- these were reptilian humanoids which it may sound weird. It's like, wait a minute, where are those guys hiding? I, apparently, and I did uh, say apparently, um, NATO did a study on this back in the 60s, and I interviewed uh, Command Sergeant Major Robert O'Dean about this at length. He swears that he saw a NATO assessment uh, about the threat that UFOs posed to accidentally triggering World War III back in the 60s. They, they came to the conclusion that um, there was four different kinds of uh, aliens that were, uh, and are visiting us that are not a direct threat. They mm-hmm. don't appear to be overtly hostile. I, I personally don't agree with it, but anyway, that's what they said. They said there was reptilian humanoids. There was taller humanoids that were, like, bald and, you know, kind of strange-looking, uh, hairless. Uh, then there was the smaller ones, typically what people call the greys, right. again, humanoids. Uh, they appear to be some sort of clone type of uh, entity. And then there was the humans, perfectly human hmm. humans. <laughs> From some other world, apparently, you know, that are here flying around in that kind of technology. And that's the group that really bothered NATO the most because they realized those guys could infiltrate whenever they wanted to, for whatever reason. So that's that's where it gets a little dicey.
1: Why do you think the uh, occupants of so-called UFOs are actually mm-hmm. interested in Washington? And if they're interested in Washington, mm-hmm. are they also showing the same amount of interest in other capitals of, of other countries for example uh london moscow yes yes, yes. Really? They've,
2: been seen, they've been seen all over the world but yes they've been seen over london quite a bit and f- filmed and moscow is getting visited re- uh, fairly regular in recent time uh, and people are, are you know everybody's got a video camera or some kind of camera mm-hmm. now that they're carrying around even if it's just a cell phone so yes there's they're being seen all over the place even the vatican yes there was people there that actually saw ufos or reportedly saw ufos with occupants exiting the craft in the middle of the night um so you know why washington be well because it's the seat of power right, right. I mean, you know it, i know that sounds, that's just a quick easy answer but there's something about the geometry of the place it's almost as if it's um uh, sort of like Nazca lines yeah, exactly yeah, if you look at if you look at satellite pictures of the place, it's or or if you, I mean, it's all over the internet. The, the, some people say it's satanic. I don't know if that's true or not. But other it,
1: people it, say it has a lot to do with the Masonic order yeah, or the, yeah, and so yeah, on. Yeah,
2: more the Masonic thing. There is a satanic element in Washington D.C. I don't know if it's connected or what, but it, it it appears to be. There's, in other words, I can't just dismiss one piece of the puzzle because it doesn't fit. At least maybe because I don't know where it fits. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean as much as i've looked at this and i've really invested a, a great deal of my life into this doing this investigation it, there are certain things that are, are going to remain uh, an enigma to us at this time and and until we actually can have a conversation with the occupants of of one of these craft we're really not going to know exactly what's going on there and why
1: what do you think they, they are waiting for, why don't they just make contact worldwide?
2: Well, apparently, they've tried doing that with specifically, let's go back to Eisenhower in 1954. Okay. Uh, they, they allegedly landed out there at uh, what is now Edwards Air Force Base, mm-hmm. um, just north of Palm Springs, and, and, you know, Eisenhower allegedly went there and talked to them, um, humans now. Um, and part of their thing was they said, well, look, we'll help you, but the stipulation is you have to stop the nuclear thing right now because we know exactly where that heads, and it's a dead end for everybody. You know Nobody's going to win on that deal. Everything's going to become extinct. So, uh, unfortunately, the administration said no. In 1957, allegedly, a human being landed a craft in Alexandria, which is actually in it's part of the District of Columbia, and was taken to the Pentagon and lived there for a period of time. Uh, he also met with Eisenhower, and allegedly said look you know we want to help you guys but again it was really rejected Uh, much like that movie i know was fictional the day the earth stood still that's
1: right with michael rennie a great movie
2: yeah it was a uh makes me wonder how Mm. in the world they knew that was going on (laughs) because it predated a lot of what you know was later reported that's right yeah so I think somebody actually knew. In fact, it's really possible. Let's go back to what I said. We don't know who among us, and believe me, this would. This is not science fiction now. If, if we, although it sounds like a Twilight Zone episode, if our government said suddenly was to admit, well, yeah, we've got aliens visiting us covertly. Mm-hmm. Some of them are human. we are like, what? So who are they? Well, we don't know for sure. What? You know, I mean, that would really, people could become unhinged. This, this story I mean this information really does have the potential to disrupt society as we know it that is that is a fact
1: I've had the opportunity of speaking to Charles Hull I don't know if you've heard Charles story where he was a mm-hmm. meteorologist the tall whites yeah yeah Area 51 exactly and you know he said he used to take them into Las Vegas and they used to blend mm-hmm. you know they yeah. look a little tall but that was about it and and you know you you hear his story and you say well, well if it's happening there, yes. Where else is it happening?
2: Everywhere, yeah. everywhere. The bases are typically uh, underground mm-hmm. or under the water or both, whatever. And uh, they, they, but they do. They're here covertly, and that, that you know, we could speculate about that for hours, but it probably would get us nowhere. That's why I said we really need to sit down and talk to some of these people. Right. And I've tried to do that over the years. Even before I did this investigation in Washington, D.C., I actually, my wife and I published Unicus Magazine. It was the first and only magazine for Earthbound extraterrestrials because my wife and I both have had limited contact with some of these beings. And so we, we recognized they're here, but we were trying to figure out, you know, well, how do you, you know, can't you just yeah? Why don't you yeah. just come and come out? And well, typically they say well, it's dangerous. And I, how could you argue with that? You know, uh, we we typically our society, our you know current modern civilization is really dangerous. I mean, we're you know we're willing to kill each other over what you know religious That's beliefs, right. political. Whatever. I mean, yeah. come on. So you come from another world. You're going to try and tell us what's real? I mean. Uh, yeah, it could be a whole nother Inquisition over again, they, and they don't want to be involved in that, and they also don't want to be worshipped. By the way, I think the good guys really don't want us to like uh, become dependent on them mm-hmm. to, you know, f- shepherd them, uh, shepherd us uh, into the future. We need to be, in other words, we, you know, they they have to respect our free will. The good guys,
1: and of course, know. we have to respect theirs as well. It's a two-way uh, street. It
2: would be nice, but yeah. you know, look when when you come in on. a— the flying saucer thing, that level of technology, because, you know, I've got to admit, the photographs, one of them is just absolutely mind-boggling. It shows them actually warping space near the Capitol wow. and, and entering a wormhole. I mean, that, that level of, of power, it's way beyond nuclear. And um, I, I think they also don't want us to have access. Look, we're not even handling nuclear technology oh that Oh, my way.
1: God. We're, we're going to, you know, at this rate, we're going to blow ourselves up.
2: Um, not just that; we're all, we're all being poisoned slowly, thanks to Fukushima. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, as if all the
1: nuclear tests back in the fifties and sixties weren't enough. Now we've got this thing just oozing radiation. So, so that brings up a good question, yeah, Robert. Yeah. Go ahead. go ahead. You know, I, I've been told by so many people over the years that these visitors are here to help us. Uh, that yeah. uh, they they want to tell us yeah. about the the destructive power of the nuclear weapons that we're trying to develop. In the case of Fukushima, why couldn't they have stepped in and helped prevent the mass poisoning that we're all seeing now because of this radiation problem?
2: Uh, you know I, here again, I can't really speak for them
1: can you can you
2: speculate? speculate? I can speculate all day long, but I I, I just let's make it clear. I, yeah. this is just my own opinion. I really think that they have had warned us for decades and we didn't listen and wouldn't listen and so for them to come in and because there's a lot more that was going on there that people just don't know about and I, i'm not big on conspiracy theories but i got to tell you look i worked for honda research mm-hmm. and development for 8 years right and prior to prior to becoming so involved in ufo's i actually worked for a japanese corporation i know the japanese had a nuclear program during world war 2 so the fact that they had they they did have something else going on there they don't want anybody to know about and uh, if you, you know, if you care to see that information, I could forward it to you. But look, yeah. the, I know for a fact there was weapon-grade uh, uh, material that was being produced at those facilities. Unreal. Oh, no and real. it was heavily guarded. Yeah, it was all totally covert. Yeah. Totally covert. So you is know, it I just
1: by chance the Americans got the first strike?
2: First strike? Say, the first, uh, the,
1: the dropping the first bomb? Oh,
2: oh, 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 yeah. No, actually, we knew what they were doing uh, because we had broken their code just like we broke the german code and that was uh, that was the you know the NSA that was right. uh... The, the, the magic team actually did that. The purple code of the Japanese was broken. We knew what they were doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So
1: we had to beat them to the punch in order yeah, to... Well, uh, yeah,
2: exactly. and, well, look, Makes who a lot of was sense. their ally? Yep. Germany? We, we, we claimed later. The reason we had the bomb program was because Germany was working on it, and they were. And they were sending uh, uh, material and sharing technology with the Japanese. But look, you, you can see for yourself, the Japanese are not dumb. They, they know nope. how to make technology. And they did it. Believe me, they did it. But they also moved their main facility off of the island onto the mainland, uh, Korea, a place called uh, Honan. Uh, yeah, Honan, Konan. Excuse me, Konan, with Korea. And that's where they actually had a, a facility there that most mainly was taken over by the Russians uh, at the close of the war. But they did detonate a bomb after, shortly after we detonated the first bomb. On them, they they got one of their um, uh, uh, prototypes actually exploded uh, out in the bay, uh, Conan. And this is all in uh, the book, uh, Japan's Secret War. It's, it's a little more in-depth than what he goes into that book. Believe me, I, I, I know. I, it's, it's, a sad po- it's a sad state of affairs, mm-hmm. but this is how it is with war. The yeah. first casualty of war is always the truth. When you're dealing about covert affairs, you never, ever, ever tell people the truth. You can't afford to do that.
1: Tell me, Robert, is there a connection between the uh, the race for the moon and the UFOs?
2: Um, not that I'm aware no, of. I, you know, I I know that we they they allegedly saw a lot of UFO activity mm-hmm. up there, uh, and you know Colonel Corso, although he published that that um, he didn't really author the first book, uh, the, you know, day after Roswell, yep. but he. I did get a hold of his diary. I'd heard much about it from Commander Dean. So I finally got a copy of his uh, current Corso's diary. And he did talk in there. He said he thought that they had bases, whoever they are. He felt they were hostile towards us based on things that he'd seen in his career. But he said that there was bases on the moon and Mars and um, and even the satellite uh, moons of uh, Mars, Phobos and Deimos. He felt that he thought we should actually nuke Phobos. Wow. I know. <laughs> <It's> like, <clears throat> so, so again, this is something you really wouldn't want to tell the public,
1: no, uh, because
2: you know you don't want to panic people. Yeah. It would upset the uh, the apple cart.
1: Robert, stand by. It's been great talking with you. You and I will be Thanks. back on the other side of this commercial break. Exonation, Nation, a fascinating conversation. Visit Robert Stanley's website at www.unicusmagazine.com forward slash books.htm and Robert and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break talking more about UFOs over Washington as the X-Zone continues right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada TV.com is our website and if you'd like to listen to the archives www.XZonePodcast.com we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break don't go away UFOs over Washington, that's our topic this hour. Robert Stanley is my guest this hour, and uh, Robert, what was it that drove you to to dig into UFOs in general? What was the what was it that happened?
2: Oh, yeah, it was my uh, my father had a picture of a UFO that was taken by a friend of his uh, out in the desert, and he didn't see it when he took took the picture, mm. so that that kind of burned into my mind. You know, there's something going on. Uh, but I also had close encounters in my own, uh, you know, I lived, I grew up in Malibu, and uh, starting in the 80s, I started having numerous close encounters that kept going on. Eventually, I, you know, I just couldn't dismiss what was happening, so I tried to investigate for my own satisfaction, and then I found a lot of other people, you know, I mean, thousands of people around the world, maybe millions, uh, have had these kind of experiences. So I was obviously, you know, it, it, it just became not just a curiosity, but a way of life, so you know, I, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I have, I would, have, this sounds crazy. I have some kind of relationship going with mm-hmm. them. I would think the good guys. I know the bad guys are not really fond of me, but um, uh, it's you know, it's just the way it is. So.
1: You said earlier that you had some sort of contact with them. You know, yeah. Uh, how how was how did that contact work?
2: Uh, it's, it's slightly involved, but for myself, that, uh, typically, uh, I remember one time when I was 13 that they, they came literally some ball of light came into the room and it was talking to me. I don't know how that's even possible, but it was, and it it happened. So, um, and there was also a crop circle that showed up near my home in 1973 out there in Malibu, uh, that was photographed by a neighbor. So, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I just, you know, believe me, there's been times when I thought, well, God, I wish I could live a normal life, uh you would be like everybody else and just, you know. But uh, it's, it's, it just isn't happening for me. Yeah. So, um, you know, but I, look, I didn't ask for this Washington, D.C. thing. It just sort of fell into my lap. And there's been a few times I just wanted to walk away from it because, honestly, this has been a pain in my neck. Uh, but, you know, look, it's ongoing. I'm very concerned for the, the future of our, not only the nation, but the, the planet. Yeah. The, not just the country, but the, our species. I'm very concerned that this is going on covertly. And believe me, if you go to my website, you'll see, you'll see the photographs for yourself. You'll You'll know for a fact this is happening i mean i've got I've collected over nine hundred reports that go span a hundred and sixty one year period right and analyzed that and um, you know like I said, the photographs really tell quite a compelling story and this year alone we've had over thirty reports wow. most of them most of them have uh, uh, photographs or, or video associated with them, so it's not stopping yeah. the, the the activity hasn't stopped at all no matter how many times I tell people. It just, you know, they, they obviously are operating with uh, impunity, and, and they just, you know, they're here. So I don't know what else to tell you.
1: Robert, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Um, oh, my pleasure. Keep the great work up. Let our listeners know what your website is one more time, please.
2: Sure. It's uh, www.unicusmagazine.com, U-N-I-C-U-S, magazine.com. Click on Books. And, uh, or photographs, whatever you prefer. But you can get to the photographs, all sorts of the books link, and, uh, and also, the, like I said, the updated um, report, it's there, all the links that you'll need. There's a lot of free information mm-hmm. if you want to buy the books. Those are available on Amazon uh, for discounted prices, and the links are there on the website.
1: Excellent. Robert, thanks again for joining us, and uh, we'll look Thank forward you. to the next time you join us here in the Exxon.
2: Thank you so
1: much. Take care. Take care, sir. Exxon Nation, once again, Robert Stanley has been my guest this hour. We were talking about UFOs over Washington. Wow. Go to his website. Take a good look. Seeing is believing. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the Exxon continues right here from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, the studios of Relmar McConnell Media Company. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away.